for the record, could you please share your name or whatever you would like to be known as and your pronouns for the benefit of everyone on the internet? Absolutely. My name is Kai, and my pronouns are he, they. So I specifically reached out to Kai to talk about the Transformers fan community and all of the weird tropes therein, and I could not be more psyched to talk about the Transformers fan community. But before we get into that, uh, could you share some info about what you do on the internet, what some of your your personal pet projects are, and where people can find you if they want to know more about who you are and what you're doing? Absolutely. So I am a podcaster as well. I have a horror podcast with my two best friends, where we talk about um, predominantly horror movies on Netflix, but occasionally we branch off. Um, That podcast is called Netflix and Kill. You can find us on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. Um, In general, I like spooky things, um, but I also love robots. My personal Twitter is Kai the Jedi. That's spelled K-Y the Jedi. And um, I, I'm an artist, so occasionally I'll post my art on there. Oh, what else do I do? Dabble in a little bit of everything. Um, but that's the good place to keep up with whatever random projects I have going on. Netflix and Kill is a great podcast. I personally recommend it. Uh, I listen to it very regularly. Uh, 10 out of 10 can attest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I... um. I like horror movies, but I live in a household with someone who doesn't necessarily like horror movies, so I do like to learn about horror movies through osmosis, through other people's opinions of those horror movies. And there have been several movies uh, from Netflix and Kill that I have decided I needed to watch after having listened to Netflix and Kill, so... Um, that is like the highest good. compliment, because <laughs> I, um, I love getting to recommend stuff to people, so... Yeah, it's... Good good public service you guys are doing over there. Well, thank you. Um, if you if you ever want to guest, feel free. I know we've had your partner, Andy, on before. And actually, I probably do for another guest spot. So, mm. Andy, if you're listening, um, come hit us up. Oh, Andy was on The Witch. I yes, remember that. That is still yep. like one of my favorite episodes. And that was a great movie too. Can I just say what a yeah. what a spectacular movie? Um, yeah. So anyway, this podcast is fan fiction is good actually, where we talk about how fan fiction is good actually, and how related fandom communities and ideas and concepts are also good actually. And uh, how we arrived here with Kai is that I mentioned on Twitter after the episode with Abby that I would love to talk to somebody who knows more about the Transformers online fan community and the extremely specific fan fiction tropes associated with Transformers properties. And Kai volunteered, and I'm so stoked to learn. I, uh, I heard about the Transformers fan community for the first time from a friend who was in the Legend of Dritz fandom with me, and she described in very, very vague detail all of these weird specifics. I shouldn't, I sh- I'm so hesitant to use the word weird. All of these um, unique specifics 
of Transformers fan fiction, these very unique tropes that have grown up in the the Transformers fan community. So please, please, Kai, share your knowledge. Inform me, an ignorant non-Transformers fan, what is going on in the Transformers fan community? What is unique about Transformers fan fiction tropes? And like, how did we get here? What's going on? <laughs> um, I think unique is a good word for it. Because I've... I've been in a lot of different fandoms um, and a lot of like science fiction related fandoms, but this is the first time that I've really known a a fandom to have its kind of own set of rules that were essentially invented by the fandom that are just kind of universally accepted in fan fiction. Um, it's like the whole fandom just accepts that like yes these are the rules of the universe even though like a lot of it is not actually derived from any canon so that is very interesting um i was very very confused the first time i read a transformers fan fiction and i had to approach one of my friends in the fandom and kind of have them explain like some of the basic rules of the universe um i guess before we start i can get into a little bit of like what is canon just so we have kind of a basis um so there's obviously a lot of different tv shows and comics and things like that um it, you know it's kind of like a like marvel and dc where you have a different continuity and different universe for each um show and so they all have like slightly different rules but most of them tend to base it on the original cartoon which really also doesn't have any specific rules they never really go into world building it's just kind of these characters exist and they run around and do silly things and there's lots of animation errors and um it's a very yeah. entertaining show but it's not good yeah th there's a good entree into the transformers fandom if you don't know anything about it there's a netflix show called the toys that made us and i'm pretty sure they have an episode about the transformers and how the show came into existence. It was essentially like a syndicated toy commercial, the yes. Transformers. It really, like, the show exists because a toy company wanted to sell these toys in America, and they wanted, you know, it was it was relatively cheap to do children's animation at the time, and uh, they really wanted to sell a bunch of toys. So they made the Transformers cartoon as a you know weekly extended toy commercial basically so children would buy transformers toys yeah yeah that's pretty spot on um and just like the sheer amount of characters that are introduced is insane to me like every episode there's like it feels like there's five new characters just because they're trying so hard to make all these different new toys um it's it's a lot of fun to watch, but I wouldn't say it's good. And maybe that's, like, why the Transformers fandom has kind of developed the way it has. Is because, honestly, I'm a huge Transformers fan, but a lot of the canon media is not good. Like, we have mm. the Michael Bay movies, which um, <laughs> I don't need to say anything. Yeah, we know. We've been yeah, new. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um... 
I guess, like, in my mind, the best piece of canon Transformers media is the IDW comics, which are actually really, really good, um, and do kind of delve into more serious world building and social issues and character development and stuff like that that might be lacking from some of the other media. So I I would say that that's kind of where the majority of the fandom... Um, where the opinion falls like there's there are people who are really into different like some of the other different shows and yes there is a crowd of people who are very into the michael bay movies which confuses me but i'm like you know what you do you yeah i mean i i i don't get it i don't get it i mean i'm not gonna shit on anything that makes anybody happy if the michael bay transformers movies really make you happy like more power to you like i guess we all love certain garbage things but um the robot designs are not good the robots are really ugly and visually confusing i'm just gonna this is my opinion the robots are ugly in the michael bay transformers movies and uh I, i just don't like in all other respects, they are uh, kind of mindless action movies, but I think they could be astronomically improved by better robot design, frankly. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Because um, that's, yeah, that's like what I'm here for. I want to see some cool, sexy robots, and I don't want to see whatever Michael Bay was trying to give us. Yeah, the weird, the Brillo pad robots. Yeah. You know, I've got these moving parts and these like weird bands of metal. They all also, it, I'm sorry, I don't want to get too ranty about the robots, but like they also all look the same. They like, do. They have some minor like color accent differences on them. If you squint, you know, some of them have like yellow bits and some of them have green bits and some of them have blue bits, but like they really fundamentally all look the same and all the action scenes are impossible to parse at a distance with these large scale robots. Anyway, yeah. that's not, that's not the point. That's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is not me uh, grumping about Michael Bay's take on the robots. Listen, I'm, I'm always like, happy to listen yeah. to that. <laughs> uh, I'm always also, happy to shit on Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in that vein, I, I also very much enjoyed Lindsay Ellis's series of videos on the Michael Bay Transformers movies. Um, yeah, those are really good. That, yeah, yeah, her take is that Michael Bay is an auteur filmmaker, not that he's necessarily a good or visionary auteur filmmaker, but that he has a very clear and very consistent voice as a filmmaker that is extremely visible in the Transformers movies. And like, it's true. He does. Mm-hmm. The, the man the man knows what he wants. He knows exactly what he wants out of a big robot movie and he just makes it. So he does good for yeah. Good for him. He's and he made a lot of money with them, which I'm sure makes him happy. Um, yeah. So, you know, good on him, I guess. But um, I will also take this opportunity, though, to promote the Bumblebee movie, which was actually very good. That was my introduction to the Transformers fandom. And I saw that. I saw that also, and I agree with you. It was very good. It was much better than the, uh, like, mainstream... I'm, it was still like a a big budget film but it was not like canonically connected to the michael bay films Uh, it was much a much better thought out movie yeah and the robot designs were a million times better Mm Hmm. anyway 
I've never I've never read the comics. Uh, so I don't know, I don't know to what extent you've delved into the comics, but, uh, what, what's the vibe of the, the Transformers comics? So I've read a big chunk of them. Um, I haven't read all of them. The series that people point to the most often is called More Than Meets the Eye. And it's basically just a big wacky space adventure, which I love because like most of the Transformers media is centered around this central concept that you have this war between the Autobots and Decepticons, but more than meets the eye takes place after like the war has ended and um, they're trying to rebuild Cybertron, their home planet. And there's still like some kind of tensions as they try to integrate their society back together. And um, in more than meets the eye, this character Rodimus, um, also known as Hot Rod, he gathers up a group of characters and he's like, hey, let's go on this space adventure to go look for these mystical beings that may or may not exist that can help us rebuild our planet. And I just really enjoy it. It has kind of similar vibes to like Guardians of the Galaxy is what I'd say. Um, you get to focus on a lot of different characters. It kind of like switches up from um, issue to issue who it's focusing on. And it's just a really solid, fun comic. The other thing to note about the comics in general is that there is a lot of LGBT representation, which is really nice. Um, so there's like a ton of queer characters. Um, there are transgender characters. Because, you know, they are called Transformers, so somebody took the, <laughs> <laughs> somebody took advantage of that. Um, and they and it's all done like really well. So I think that I think that like you know, a lot of the fandom is queer too, so that's what people really latched on to. And um what got people kind of excited about Transformers. At least in in what I've experienced, that's kind of um, and like, because the creators are also so kind and welcoming to the queer fans. I mean, like a couple of the artists for the comics are queer themselves. So, um, they're like very happy. I mean, the official artists will just straight up take commissions of like people's ships and stuff, which is really great. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And like, they're fans just as much as we are. So that's kind of nice. It's like a really welcoming community um and it's always nice to be embraced by the creators instead of like treated like we're you know stupid or childish i might be conflating these things in my brain just because they are things that i grew up with but i seem to remember uh there being a series of gargoyles comics that are also extremely queer that are yes. you know do you remember oh, the yeah. show yeah gargoyles i love gargoyles I yeah, me too. That was a, a a very formative part of my childhood. More more so Gargoyles than Transformers personally. But uh I have not read the Gargoyles comics, but Andy was telling me that um like basically the creators of the Gargoyles comics were not given the same like creative restrictions that the creators of the television show were given and so they were just like we're going to make them all gay. We're going to make Lexington gay, and he's going to have a 
a boyfriend who's a fucking reindeer or something like that. <laughs> I've that seen sounds images. amazing. I not... Yeah, I yeah. haven't read the comics for Gargoyles, but now I feel like I need to because that sounds incredible. Yeah, so I don't know if there's any connection between like I the the comics community I know is like pretty tight knit, so I'm wondering if there's any overlap between the people who are responsible for the Gargoyles comics becoming extremely queer and the Transformers comics becoming extremely queer. I don't know. This is pure speculation, but now I got to dig into it once we're done with this episode. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, um so now now we got gay robots. We got gay ro- well, I'm I'm inferring actually. I don't know if these are human characters or robot characters who are uh like good LGBT representation, but I'm assuming it's the robots. Yes, it's the robots. Okay. Um at least by the time of like more than meets the eye, there's really not human characters cuz they've returned back to their home planet. Um so it's it's just robots. It's all robots. And um I Again, this is information given to me in small doses by somebody who I only, like, vaguely knew through the internet. But how she explained it is that, like, the the fan community for Transformers created, like, a bunch of different robot genders. How do the robot genders work? Mm, so... Canonically, they do not have gender. Like, this has been stated in several of the comics. Um, because they are alien beings and robots, they don't have gender. But sure. the way that it's explained, because obviously there are still characters who present as male or female, um, the way it's explained in canon is that they, after their planet was destroyed, they kind of branched out, and some of them went and colonized other planets, um, and they're all spreading across the galaxy. So, like, the longer... Because this all happens over a span of, like, millions and millions of years, so the longer they spend apart um, some groups of characters on other planets, like, started adapting different gender identities, especially as they encountered organic species like humans who have gender... Um, so that's kind of the, the canon explanation. And then the fandom built onto that a little bit to say like, yes, they have gender as a way to fit in with different organic species and try to blend in better because, you know, that is the whole thing about Transformers is you're trying to blend in and, um, stay in disguise, so to speak. So as far as like... I would say, for the most part, even the fandom, they keep it to more of a binary. Um, but there's still really fun ways that this gender presentation is played with. So, like, in the comic books, um, if they're on Earth, they have these little holographic avatars. So it looks like you're not just a car driving yourself. They have, like, a little hologram that looks like a person driving them. Um, so, like... The person is always kind of reflect, like, it's designed to reflect the character's personality, which can be really fun, because it's like, um, it's basically like a human Sona, and um, <laughs> a lot of the characters will, like, present as male in robot form, but then have a female avatar, and, like, that reflects, you know, a part of their personality, too. So there's a lot of different ways people play with it. Um, like I said, though, I think for the most part, 
they at least use pretty binary pronouns. And then um, when we get to the sex stuff, there's a little <laughs> bit, I guess, um, is that okay for us to branch into now? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the robot birds and bees. There's, uh, is and always has been a sexual aspect to, uh, fan fiction. So, uh, audience, be warned, the robots do, um, the d- robots do bang. They do, they do, uh, they do. they do fuck. So, if you don't want to hear about robots fucking, maybe don't listen to, I don't know. Well, well, I'll, I'll drop a content warning in here if it's necessary, but yeah, I'm deeply curious to know how the robots do and also can the robots reproduce how do the robots reproduce do they build more robots are there robot factories um why why do the robots have genitals please explain i'm (laughs) desperate to know (laughs) okay so um this was also like kind of a an element that really surprised me when i joined the fandom uh i mean i always have joked that i'm a robot fucker like going back to when i played the portal games for the first time and was in love with glados so but i i guess i didn't kind of realize that people took that to the fullest extent um i am also asexual so again i just that's not the first thing i think of um but i'd have to say I have truly enjoyed reading and writing Transformers Smut because it, um, I guess, like, it's not as, I don't know. It's a little bit different from the human human smut, so it feels easier for me to get into. Yeah, um, I, can, I can understand how it would be, uh, it would have the same sort of emotional weight as, like, biological sex, but also be far enough removed from like human sexual activity that it would be a little bit easier to to connect with for somebody who's asexual so i I don't i don't mean to like put words in your mouth or anything but like from my perspective as someone who is not asexual i can abstractly understand how that would appeal to someone who's asexual yeah i would say that's pretty accurate um so there's a couple of different ways people approach writing sexual stuff um there's the most common which the slang term in the fandom is sticky and that is like your normal (laughs) you know like the way you would write human sex like genitals um except i guess the difference is that the fandom has just all collectively decided that the transformers characters um have both a penis and vagina so they have everything Sure. Trans your former. Why not? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that makes total sense. They're robots. They can, you know, add whatever they want. Um, Some of, so like some people have written it that like they didn't always have this. And then when they encountered humans, they were like, oh, that's cool and hot. Let's try that. Um, And kind of learned this new way of having sex. Um. And then some people just write it as, oh, no, it was just like that all along. Doesn't need an explanation, which uh, I'm I'm good with either way. I'm like, you know, makes sense. So that's, uh, but that that's actually really interesting to me as a non-binary person. Also, I like this approach to 
um, writing, like, sexual scenes. I guess because it doesn't make it so heavily gendered. Because I feel mm -hmm. like that is a problem in a lot of fan communities when approaching smut fiction is, like, bringing gender roles into it. Even for queer sex scenes, uh, people still try to kind of assign roles based on, like, on binary genders, which is weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I've, I have observed this happening in uh, many a fan fiction, uh, especially... Uh, and this is not in any way to criticize, like, cis women writing, like, MLM characters. I think that's perfectly fine and valid if that's a thing you want to do. But this is a thing that I find is especially uh, prevalent when, uh, like, cis female writers are writing queer male characters, is they will kind of fall into this binary that they have been sort of, like, culturally trained to project onto uh, like the whole concept of being a couple and being in a sexual relationship mm -hmm. yeah i agree and um you know again like i i'm very much in support of like write what you want uh but yeah some of that the ways people approach it just isn't really for me and i do think like it's not above criticism Sure. Yeah, I agree. I would never, like, I am never going to come after anybody for, like, writing what they want for fun, but um, in the abstract, I, I think it's perfectly valid to point out and say, like, hey, this is kind of a trend, and it would be nice to see things outside of this trend for people who, you know, for whom maybe this isn't their preferred way of, like, seeing relationships play out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it is kind of cool to see that people can approach it a completely different way in the Transformers fandom. Um, and of course, like, you do still have writers who fall into some of the more negative tropes, but for the most part, I've really enjoyed, like, the ways people explore these relationships and dynamics. Um, so that, yeah, there is, I would say, like, the bulk of it is, like, people just writing, like, okay, penis, vagina, yada yada um but there are also different way more like robot centric ways that people approach sex scenes so there's like um another one is referred to as plug and play because of course there's like all this terminology and all a lot of it is based on like puns and stuff so mm. um Robot jizz is just straight up referred to as transmission fluids, which I'm like, okay, yeah, oh, makes boy. sense. Okay, y'all. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Okay, sure. <laughs> There's like all these different um, anatomy terms, not even like sexual, just for like you know different parts of the body, and like uh, the writers really like to um, hammer at home that like these are, this is an alien society. They do not use human terminology. I'm like, okay, yeah, like, uh, again, I dig it. It can get a little bit confusing for first-time readers, like, especially when people lean really hard into, like, coming up with different units of time and stuff. I'm like, mm. okay, I don't know what any of this means. So that gets a little confusing. But I guess, like, as far as the body parts and stuff, it's pretty, like, intuitive. 
Yeah, um, you can kind of figure out when something is a tab and when something is a slot, and yeah, and, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. So then we have plug and play, which is like you know what it sounds like. You have little different plugs and cords, and you plug into your partner's body and send little jolts of electrical charge, which is kind of neat. Like, again, it's just people really thinking outside the box of, like, okay, these are robots, they have different anatomy than humans, so, like, what other kinds of things might they enjoy? Um, so we have that, and then my f- my personal favorite way that people write robosex is spark merging. So, like, the Transformers characters, uh, have you seen Steven Universe... I am familiar with it through cultural osmosis. I've never actually watched an entire episode. And I, I know, shame on me, I know it's very good. Um, I just I just have not got around to it. I fully plan to. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm, like, the worst about procrastinating on watching stuff. And so, yeah, <laughs> I understand. Um, but the I guess, like, the Transformers characters are kind of like the Crystal Gems from Steven Universe. Where, like, they have their gemstone and they can kind of regenerate around it. It's, like, similar for the Transformers characters. They have a spark, which is, like, the essence of their being. Like, their soul, essentially. And they can actually, like, they can change their bodies around it. But their spark is, like, their essence. Um, So people have written that, like, that these characters can merge their sparks together. And that's sort of a sexual experience but it can also just be written as like intimate and not necessarily sexual um because there are different and and this is actually canon they have different forms of bonding so there's like a romantic partnership but you can also just like have a friendship bond that is like recognized by society as like oh yes you're partners but it's like a friendship Hmm. we need this in human society we really do we really do yeah yeah we need it like a legal and formal status where you're like yeah we're just gonna um like be each other's like primary points of contact for tax reasons and also like medical care reasons this is my you know my uh platonic life partner we we need a status like that in human society Honestly, yeah. Like, I have friends who I'm super close with and I cannot wait to help them raise their children. And, like, yeah, like a platonic partnership, pretty much. So I agree. I wish that was more of a thing in our society. Um, But we have that in, in robo-society. And so there's um this spark merging where you can merge your essence together, pretty much. And uh, it's really cool. And, like, some people write it so that you can see and hear each other's thoughts. Um, it's... I, I just really love that. I'm like, oh, like, there's nothing more intimate than merging your entire being with someone who you care about. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, so I guess that's, like, the gist of it. Um, there's... A few people have written, like, other robot-centric kinks. Like, um, I guess, like, someone having sex with a straight-up, like, car has been involved a couple of times. <laughs> it's not something that I'm particularly interested in, but I know it's, like, out there. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just, like, for for whatever reason, and, like, I'll preface this by saying my usual, like, this is not to kink shame anyone, because, like, as long as you're not hurting anybody, like, good for you, do your thing. But, like, people wanting to have sex with cars is already a thing that exists, so I'm not at all surprised that the people who want to have sex with cars gravitate towards the fandom where cars have emotions and uh (laughs) and potentially can have genitals so yeah that is yeah that is very true um well there is also i will just add on like as kind of a random side note there is also like a furry portion of the transformers fan base um because Mm. beast wars which is one of the shows from the 90s the entire oh, concept, yeah, yeah. The entire concept is that they transform into animals. So it is literally Transformers for furries. So we do have that overlap. Um, but I feel like you know we should definitely be friends, the Robo fuckers and the furries. We should we should form a partnership. It would be a powerful alliance. It, yeah, it would. Oh boy. I remember I was very fond of Beast Wars when I was like, I want to say like eight or nine years old. I remember it very clearly. Uh, wasn't Optimus Prime like a gorilla or something? Yes. Yeah, he was a yeah. gorilla. Megatron's a T-Rex. There was a cheetah character or yes. a leopard that was yeah. my favorite. Yeah, I don't remember which robot that was because they didn't look anything like their robot forms. But for some yeah. reason, I loved Beast Wars and like did not care about the traditional Transformers at all. Yeah, honestly, Beast Wars is really good. Like the animation is kind of rough because it was the nineties. It was yeah, it was like an early three D animation, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But a, I... It was. It was shiny. Everything was very shiny. Yeah, which you know it works if you're doing robots. So. I guess respect, um, and the the voice acting is really good on that show. So I, I think that that's like a big part of its success is just the voice acting is so good that like even if the animation is lacking, it kind of makes up for it. So you had also asked about um, robot babies. Yeah, I'm idly curious to know if the robots like have a biological reproductive system or if they like just build new transformers in factories or something somewhere so in canon um and again i don't have knowledge of like everything because there's a lot and i've only been in this fandom for like two years so i haven't had time to learn everything but from what i understand in canon it Uh, To go back to the kind of metaphor I used with the Crystal Gems from Steven Universe, basically, like, their sparks grow in the ground, and um, there's, like, this, they call it sentient metal that kind of grows around them and forms their body. Hmm. Uh, So it really is, like, Steven Universe, how the gems just kind of pop out of the ground, fully formed. Um, And then there's, like, a little development where once the war starts both sides just started like harvesting sparks out of the ground that weren't complete yet and shoving them into a pre-made body. So a lot of people have used that as kind of a metaphor for being transgender of like feeling like you don't fit in your body. Um, Oh yeah. So that's also kind of cool. Like a nice way to think about it and explain that concept maybe to someone who isn't familiar with it. Yeah. Um, 
I know that there um, is, like, plenty of valid critique about, like, trans and non-binary characters always being, like, aliens or whatever, and having, like, some kind of alien biology that the creators can use as a metaphor for being trans without actually, like, having trans actual characters and stuff, but maybe it's just because, like, I'm a nerd and I love world building but i i genuinely am kind of fond of like non-human trans and non-binary characters i find it to be a positive way to interact with that concept especially for people who like you know maybe aren't as in touch with the trans community and maybe aren't confident in their ability to represent like a human trans person and their actual real life struggles i think uh representing the concept of transness or the concept of a non-binary identity through a non-human proxy is a valid way of like exploring that concept personally yeah i agree and i think yeah like you said a lot of that is just because i am a sci-fi nerd and i love aliens and robots and stuff like that so i always get happy when there's a non-binary character who's an alien or robot because that's just what i'm interested in yeah um but i would say like for media like transformers where um at least in the comics like all of the characters are robots i guess it doesn't feel as weird as versus like a show where all of the characters are humans and then there's maybe one alien and the one alien is the only non-binary character mm-hmm. and like that always feels a little weird but i guess like for a property that has all the characters are aliens it feels more normal because it kind of i guess reflects like an actual society yeah i also think again personally this is my personal opinion uh, I think there is something, uh, uh, like, aspirational that, like, some trans people experience about, like, seeing a non-human character who can change their, their like, ac- outward sexual characteristics at will, or, like, a robot society where they can just, like, easily and without, without like, physical pain, like, retrofit their bodies to be the way they want there is something like wish fulfillmenty there for certain people in the trans community so like that's oh, another absolutely. aspect that i think is extremely valid like if i know that there's a lot of people who if they uh you know were from a species that could like change their outward sex at will would be so stoked about that they would just like that would uh, make their lives so much easier. So while oh, in some, yeah. while in some cases it's maybe a cop out to represent uh, like trans and non-binary identities through non-humans, in other respects it's also like an awesome escapism for like trans and non-binary people to be able to like imagine themselves in that scenario. Yeah, um, definitely for me, it's a big wish fulfillment. I mean, if I could switch between a penis and vagina at will, my life would be a lot happier. Honestly, probably a lot of cis people would would find that fun, even if it didn't reflect their, like, internal sense of identity. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe my opinion is skewed because I'm, I am trans, I did trans my gender, but, uh, 
That just seems like fun. It just seems fun and freeing to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what cis woman wouldn't want to pee standing up? Like, yeah. Very convenient. Just, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the baby talk. That's how it happens in canon. But of course, um, people love babies and love pregnancy. I mean, I've heard you talk on previous episodes about how impreg is like just a thing in fandoms. Yeah, um, sure do be. Yeah, so that extends to the Transformers fandom. Except in this case, the M stands for mechpreg. Um, and so I, I do think that's kind of funny. <laughs> like, it's just... We use the same acronym, but it, it like, stands for a different thing. Um, so, the I mean, I guess, like, most people approach it with, like, the same straightforward way that human pregnancy would be. Um, I think, typically, it's, like, accepted among the fandom writers that to get, to get a robot pregnant, there has to be, like, you know the sex act, but then you also have to merge your sparks together at the same time. Because, like, I guess the baby will take coding from, like, both of the source codes of the parents. Sure, that um, tracks. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind and of how so... DNA works, so, yeah, that, that's not... That's extremely, like, understandable. Yeah. So there's, there's that, and, again, a lot of people just write it the same as a as a human um pregnancy although uh, there is kind of this popular headcanon that like to keep the baby healthy you have to continually donate your fluids <laughs> to the pregnant party um which is essentially like there's actually a famous tumblr text post about this it's like i don't know essentially building a baby <laughs> with your fluids which is kind of funny to me so i read this in a cracked article it may be like untrue and like a racist perception but uh in this cracked article it was po like they they referenced like a society in i believe asia somewhere where and like of course especially in the pre-modern era societies around the world all had very wild ideas about how how babby is formed how is babby formed um but allegedly according to this cracked article there is like a a group of people who historically believed that in order to form a baby you had to continuously have sex over the course of several months to like actually produce the material that the baby would then be made out of so this is probably not completely out of nowhere i mean if it if it's not based on this uh like cultural understanding of sex then it's certainly not an original idea like if somebody came up with this out of their own brain uh they certainly weren't the first person to think like hmm seems like babies have a lot of mass where does that come from <laughs> I kind of love that, though, honestly. Like, it is it is a little strange to me, but, like, not in a bad way. It's kind of, like, a charming kind of strange. Like, okay, you know? Yeah. Like, that That honestly makes sense. Yeah, I understand how they got to that conclusion. You know, like, that is not the wildest theory I've ever heard. Like, before we understood how genetics and, uh, uh, like, cell division worked, that, like, 
seems like that would track, you know, if you don't have a better explanation. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a big part of um, writing the robot pregnancy. Um, there also is... So, like, I haven't really encountered that much ABO in Transformers, which is kind of surprising to me, but there are a lot of people who write, like, a heat cycle. Like, that these characters go through heat cycles every hundred years or so. Um, which... Is kind of similar to ABO, but it's not so much like this is your social role. It's more just like it's a biological function that all of these characters have. Yeah, this is definitely a convenient trope in fan fiction because if you've got two characters who you, the author, really want to bang and it's improbable that they would bang based on their personalities and the circumstances they've been in in canon it's very handy to just say like oh yeah you're uncontrollably horny for a period of time and there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it yeah Start sh- and that um especially for a fandom where like the main point of many of the stories is that there are two factions fighting a war mm-hmm. and if you ship two characters who are on opposite sides that's a very convenient way to just shove them together yeah star trek did this to us originally star trek was the og um fuck or die fandom i don't know if you I- i'm not uh in the star trek fandom but i know about this from fandom history the the oh i forget what it's called but the um Oh the, yeah, the Vulcan. The thing, Vulcan, right? the Vulcan thing, where every certain number of years you you must bang, or you will literally die. <laughs> um, I love that. We we owe so much to the Star Trek fandom. Truly, truly, we do. Truly, the Star Trek fandom, uh, like created modern fandom in ways that people alive today don't even necessarily realize. Um, but yeah, the Star Trek, uh. Vulcan, you must you must have sex or you will literally die. Uh, a reproductive cycle has has been such a um, a a rich field from whence to harvest horny stories. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the robots do reproduce. The robots do, in fact, like have. Uh, their version of like a biological reproductive cycle as opposed to just like building robots in a factory yeah pretty much um there's been a couple of so funny enough the guy who wrote the series that i really like more than meets the eye um he actually got hired after he wrote a full-length novel that was essentially fan fiction because it wasn't like you know, published by Hasbro or whatever. He just wrote it on his own. Um, And apparently, I haven't read it yet. I'm very curious about it. But apparently in his novel, a character, like, reproduces by budding, Hmm. which I'm very curious about. So I guess there's there's still different ways that people look at it. Um, But I just find that incredibly funny and also really cool. Like, this guy just wrote a whole ass fanfiction novel and then got hired because of it. Like, that is honestly dreams. Yeah, I was just about to say, living the dream this guy was. He just really loved Transformers so much that he wrote a very extensive in-depth fanfiction. And then they were like, do you want to write this for real? Amazing. Yes. 
I think that's all of the like the big burning questions I had about the the Transformers fucking <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um what other fandoms are you in and is there anything really neat that you want to talk about about them? Ooh. Um well, for a long time I was involved in the Star Wars fandom. I would say like not as much as of recently, but it still holds a special place in my heart. So, um like my I first kind of started using the internet at the time that the Clone Wars was airing, so like 2009, 2010. So that was like most of my first experiences with fan fiction were through Star Wars. Um that was back when forums were a thing, so I like I was a mod on a Star Wars forum and we would like share fan fiction and do RPs and all that kind of fun stuff. Ooh, what else? I like Hannibal a lot. Um I have not read a whole lot of Hannibal fan fiction, so if anyone listening has any recommendations for me, please feel free to uh comment and leave recommendations because I would really love to read Hannibal fan fiction. It's just, like, I feel like I would be very picky about it because the show has such a unique vibe that, like, I would want the fanfiction to kind of capture that, if it makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting that you mention that because I feel the same way. I really love Hannibal as a television show. I, I liked... So, I liked uh, the um, Thomas Harris, Hannibal Lecter, and adjacent characters to begin with like silence of the lambs is one of my favorite movies uh but i really particularly liked the show hannibal but i have not read any fan fiction whatsoever for hannibal and it's probably like kind of a psychological block for the same reason like i go to fan fiction to have a very specific kind of experience and i feel like the show hannibal is a very different experience from what i expect from fan fiction yeah, other than that, those are, like, my main fandoms. Uh, I mean, I am kind of involved in the horror community, just, like, the general horror fandom, um, which is really fun, because, like, honestly, I feel super lucky. Like, all these the horror-based fandoms are just really nice and welcoming and, like, really sweet people, which is kind of funny, because... And, like, the same for the Hannibal fandom, really. It's, like, the media itself is so messed up and dark, but, like, the fandom is just super nice. I I have to admit, I've never interacted with, like, the horror movie community. I sort of expected them to be, like, a bunch of, like, edgy dudes. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely those, but I guess I've found that, like, those people don't really engage in in fandom spaces as much to begin with mm-hmm. um which i guess is like similar for transformers because you know there are like those dudes out there who are like yeah i have every toy and like or the people who love the michael bay movies yeah i was just gonna just want to see boobs and stuff blowing up but like those aren't typically the people who interact with the fandom and uh read fan fiction and stuff like that Yeah, that makes sense uh are there any are there any horror movies you want to recommend while we're here, while we're in the horror uh, discussion space? Oh, let's see. Well, um, on Netflix and Kill recently, we just reviewed Creep and Creep 2, 
both of which are on Netflix, and I really loved both of those movies. Um, I can't really give- it's honestly better to go in blind, like, I don't want to give too much away, but I definitely recommend both of those, they're really good. The first one, like, legitimately scared me, and that is very hard to do. And then the second one is more, like, funny than the first. Like, it still has its scary moments, but it has a lot of humor, too. Like, but I, I don't know, it's just, it was, like, the best horror series I've watched in a really long time. Um, have you seen the Black Island Sound? I have not. Oh, it's really good. Uh, I think it was. I think it was on Netflix. If it wasn't on Netflix, it was on some other streaming service. But I'm like eighty percent sure that it was on Netflix. Uh, it's very good. It's it's more of a thriller than a horror movie, but there's genuinely some some really unsettling elements about it that really like work. They they really they really they really get to you. Uh, and it's another case okay. where. Like, kind of explaining it. It'll sound boring if I explain it, but I promise it sounds like a very mundane concept, but it really, it's well executed and it's smart and it relies on, like, some ambiguity and some showing rather than telling. It's it's a good movie. Excellent. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to look into that. That might be a fun one to talk about on Netflix and Kill. Yeah, I... I I don't know if it was a Netflix original, but um, I think it was. So it's there's a very good chance that it's still available. I watched it like quite a few months ago, but I'll, I'll, I will let you know because uh can highly recommend. Um, is there any fan fiction you want to recommend? Whether Transformers Ooh. or otherwise, just and, like you could anything, anything that you're into that you want to talk about. Um. I think most of the recommendations I have right now are Transformers, because it's been a while since I branched out into other fanfictions. Um, before talking about that, though, I would just give a general recommendation for the IDW comics, like specifically More Than Meets the Eye. And you really don't have to know that much about Transformers going into it. They kind of do a really good job of just introducing all the characters and easing you into the concept. So that... That is a, a big recommend, especially if you like LGBT representation. Who doesn't, honestly? Come on. I assume yeah. <laughs> I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are at least cool with that, if not extremely enthusiastic about it. Yeah, I, I would hope so. <laughs> um, so as far as Transformers fan fictions, um, one of my current favorites that just finished is called The Doctor is In by Spoon888. They're kind of a prominent writer in the fandom. They usually write Megatron, Starscream, but this one is about Ratchet, and um, he ends up captured by the Decepticons, and then, like, they- so he's the medic, and they're like, okay, we don't have any medical supplies, so fix us, and then we'll let you go. But he just keeps finding, like, excuses to stay because he starts to really like them and, like, become friends with them. And it's like, okay, well, I'll fix this last one person and then I'll leave. And, like, just keeps getting, like, really attached to them. It's a really, really sweet story. Um, so that would be one of my big recommends. Uh, there's one, there's a series that I read recently called Consortium by Draco Queen 22 who's another kind of prominent writer in the fandom 
And this idea plays with, um, it's when Optimus Prime has just become the Prime. And there's a Senate on Cybertron who basically assigns him, like, I can't remember how many, like, ten people to marry. <laughs> like, okay, you have to have ten consorts, like, one from each different major city on Cybertron because it's this whole political game and they like oh, purposely is... assign assign him people who they think won't get along with each other so that they can like screw him over this um, arranged... kind of take oh go ahead this arranged pol- this arranged political marriage thing is another fan fiction trope that's very common and shows up in a lot of uh a lot of fan fictions for a lot of different fandoms and i have to admit i eat that shit up I love it. I don't know Me why, too. but I love that trope. I, yeah, I absolutely love it. And so, yeah, it's, it's essentially Optimus Prime and his ten husbands um, <laughs> who all go in hating each other, but because he is just so charming and sweet, like, he's able to win them over. It's just a really great story. And I like... So, like, it's really difficult to capture that dynamic of, like, oh my gosh, you're writing all these characters, and they each have a different relationship with each other, but, like, the author balances it so well. And not all of it is is strictly romantic, either. So, like, some of the characters who end up there, like, have other romantic partners off somewhere else who they were forced to leave behind, and... So, you know, Optimus finds sneaky ways to, like, bring their partners to them and um, reunite them. And it's just it's just really sweet. Um, Real shame that that fan fiction is not just entitled Optimus Prime and His Ten Husbands. Right. I mean, that's that's what I would have titled it. But I'm it's what it says on the tin. Yeah, basically. Um, but then the last one I'll recommend is The Chemicals Between Us by Slim Reaper. So this is a heat fic, um, which is not usually my thing, but I really liked this one because it's, I guess, like, it's more focused on the story versus the born. Like, that is actually a very small part of it. Um, so my OCP for Transformers is Ratchet and Drift, so it is a Dratchet story, um, and it's kind of, it's more of like a getting together story and then there's heat involved, but mostly feelings. Right. I think that, I think that, I think we've reached a, a natural conclusion. Thank you so much for being on my silly podcast where I talk about fan fiction. I'm like genuinely excited about this episode. I was very i learned so much from this conversation and i like truly genuinely want to read transformers fan fiction now this is the first time this has happened where i've come away from an episode like oh man i really should get deeper into that fandom (laughs) (laughs) honestly yeah i strangely enough i know a lot of people who haven't engaged that much with canon transformers media but they've just read a lot of the fan fiction so like a lot of their knowledge about these characters just comes from the fan fiction. And, like, honestly, I think that's a perfectly valid way to consume media. Like, there's definitely been fandoms that, like, I didn't actually read the source material. I just read the fan fiction. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I came away with just as much of a satisfying experience. 
So do you have any other questions for me? No, I think I am good. I Like I said, it's uh, it's been a genuinely fascinating and intriguing episode for me because you have just been providing all of this this information that I have been hungry for for a while to try to figure out what is going on in the Transformers fandom. So I have taken, I've taken notes throughout this. I'm like, Oh, I got to look into that. Oh, I got to, got to read them comics. Got to, got to figure, got to figure out these robos and their, uh, their uh, fiddly bits. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad I was able to, um, help offer some explanation. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, this is really fun. I've been a really big fan of this podcast like since the first episode, so I was super excited to be able to come on. Oh, thank you. Uh, and like I said at the beginning, love Netflix and Kill. It's a, it's a great concept, and uh, you guys do a great job of uh, both elevating and lampooning some of these uh, horror movies, because as we all know, horror is uh, both a deeply affecting and deeply ridiculous genre and it's uh it's okay to have complicated feelings about it (laughs) yes fanfiction is good actually is part of where they may radio a small family of podcasters just doing our best you can keep up with Fanfiction is Good actually on Twitter at fanficisgoodpod, and you can reach Evan via email at fanficisgood at gmail.com. For bonus content, including bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash WTM radio. Where they may radio.